Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Biden Sports here on Kane Radio. FM 107.5 and AM 1240 here on a big... uh, Tuesday, November the 8th, and uh, last night uh, the Saints uh, put on a show or maybe a lack of uh, put on a show as their offense just couldn't get anything going. And, of course, Lamar Jackson, uh, Drake, and the other uh, Ravens seemed like they had an answer for anything the Saints wanted to do. Saints score late in the game on a 41-pitch toss from – from uh, Andy uh, Dalton to Jawan Johnson and uh, to make it respectable, 27-13. to 13. But, Jeff, uh, just early in the game, you, you could see the Saints were going to have trouble containing Lamar Jackson as he pretty much uh, ran up and down the field. And, man, their conversions on third and long uh, really set the tone of the game, too, all night long as the uh, Ravens did that. You know, one thing we learned is the Ravens are not the Raiders. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you know, again, two different opponents, um, despairingly different uh, outcomes. Uh, you, we felt so good about the, the Saints after the Raiders game, but then uh, we learned last night that, uh, indeed, uh, the Raiders are not the Ravens. No. And I, I look back at that game last night, and then, uh, the open receivers he either overthrew or threw by uh, kind of scares me. Uh, last night, Jackson was 12 out of 22 for 133 yards, uh, one score. And uh, he also carried the ball 11 times, scrambling for 82 yards. Uh, Drake, uh, the big uh, running back for them, 24 carries, 93 yards, two scores. Of course, another one came uh, late in the thir- uh, fourth quarter, I should say, or middle of the fourth quarter before the Saints uh, hung up on the, the touchdown. But in the meantime, uh, a lot of issues, uh, questions to be asked, too. You know, Andy Dalton's given it his best. Uh, the Saints have been averaging about uh, right at about 30 points a game with he in there under the uh, uh, center quarterbacking. And uh, in the meantime, Jameis Winston, uh, watching him on the sideline through the course of the game and hollering encouragement to his team. But uh, just uh, just a night where the Saints uh, just uh, had a lot of issues. Right now, uh, just go over it. The, the, the Ravens controlled the ball for almost 38 minutes of the game last night, and you're not going to beat many people unless you're scoring on... Uh, unless you're scoring quickly, and that's, that's right. the reason why a team has uh, that kind of disparity. That's right, and I've seen that uh, before, too, 40 to, uh, 40 to 18, and uh, but the other team with 18 scored 60 points, like you said, on long, pos- uh, long uh, pass plays or running plays. Elsewhere, the Saints... Uh, only give up 319 yards to uh, the Ravens, which is not bad. But, of course, when you give them short field position, you know, with the uh, – I, I want to say there was one interception last night uh, that a Raven uh, down lineman, I think, picked up. Was that a linebacker? I'm trying to recall. Was uh, that in the fourth quarter that yeah, sealed the game? Yeah, pretty much sealed the game when Drake took it in from a few yards out and uh, the extra point was good. And I think the Saints came down, scored late uh, – uh, but it didn't make any difference. Uh, Saints uh, had 243 yards worth of offense. I think that's the lowest output since Dalton has been behind center. Uh, passing the uh, Baltimore at 131 yards, the uh, Saints 195. Of course, 41 of it came on one play late in the game. Rushing, uh, the Saints only had 48 yards rushing. Kamara had a few nice runs, but just couldn't sustain anything. Uh, rushing, meanwhile, the Ravens 188 yards. I think they lead the league in rushing, if not second. The first down's 23 to 13. Third down conversions, which is going to tell you a lot about the game. Baltimore, 9 of 15. The Saints, 3 of 11. The Saints did convert on a fourth down. Uh, Baltimore didn't uh, try a fourth down play. Uh, penalties, uh, Baltimore, 5 for 31 yards. Saints, 5 for 40. Sacks, <laughs> I don't know how you get this stack. Three sacks for the uh, Saints. For two yards, I mean, uh, where they got a half yard, two half yard sacks. Hey, I guess, my <laughs> That's goodness, all I can think of. Anyway, the Saints were sacked. Uh, Dalton sacked four times. No fumbles, but uh, the one interception there, uh, and uh, punting. Uh, they forty eight yard punt uh, average for the Ravens kicker uh, punter, I should say, and, and for the Saints forty six four. But uh, basically, the game uh, uh, came down to. 
the Dolphins' defense just controlled the Saints, and uh, Andy Dalton had a rough night. Tyson Hill had one completion for 13 yards, but, you know, uh, he only ran the ball once. I was going to say, they, they didn't work him in no. until much later in the game, too. It seemed like it was later in the first half before Hill took a snap. Yeah, Olave looks like he's the player that the Saints thought he would be. Uh, he had six grabs last night for 71 yards. Uh, he had nine targets, and uh, he's finding the open seams and, and beating man coverage. So uh, he uh, he's done a pretty good job. Of course, uh, Alvin Kamara had three catches for 32 yards. Uh, uh, Smith, uh, three catches for 29 yards. Callaway, uh, three for 24. And he was the one that missed that uh, uh, lob into the end zone that just couldn't get his paws on. It went through his hands. Uh, it been a tough catch, but uh, uh, those kind of catches uh, the Saints need some of right now. It could have made a little difference in the game. The Saints had to settle for three instead of a touchdown there right before half, and that's the only time they moved the ball in the first half. I think they had a first down in their first possession. After that, it was all punts, punts, and uh, finally got that last drive going with about two minutes left after uh, the Ravens had scored a touchdown. So, uh in the meantime, uh, the Saints, as I said, uh, got some work to do. Uh, and I know uh, Bob Rose yesterday in, uh, in his interview uh, was mentioning how uh, the Saints uh, need to find some uh, some consistency. And they head to Pittsburgh uh, this coming uh, Sunday to take on the Steelers. After the Steelers, as you mentioned, had a week off. And the Saints have a four- well, basically a five-day uh, practice. Short week. Maybe in in retrospect, maybe a short week's a good thing for them to get right back on the horse again because uh, you don't want a loss like that to linger too long. Uh, but, but it is a shame they have to travel on a short week, and Pittsburgh had the week off. Uh, you know, if there is some good news for the Saints uh, – they only play one team that is currently above 500 the rest of the way. I, I was looking at that this morning uh, in the, that the regard. Eagles, uh, That's it. Granted, the, team the best that, team probably hey, in the National Football League. Right now, at least, uh, showing so. But everybody else is under 500, including their entire division. And they're still just a game back uh, first place That's amazing. in their division. Uh, which, again, doesn't say much for their division. But it does offer hope. Yes, and they head to Pittsburgh, and then the Rams. Who, you, watching the Rams uh, Sunday, it's hard to believe they were Super Bowl champs last year. I mean, there is no cohesion at all in their offense. Well, the, the Rams, after they went to the Super Bowl in eighteen, had a miserable—I won't say miserable—twenty nineteen, but uh, were nothing special, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of a. Uh, shadowing itself again with regards to their play last year where they just uh, couldn't do any wrong. Of course, they uh, dodged a bullet at that last game against Tampa Bay. But uh, as you mentioned, the Saints after the Steelers play the Rams in New Orleans. They travel to San Francisco, who's got pretty good defense now. Uh, They don't uh, run up a lot of points, but they can play defense. Then they come back to play Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. The, The Dirty Birds come to New Orleans uh, in about the middle of December. Then they go to Cleveland. They play the Eagles up in Philadelphia. Um, sure, the snowballs will be flying. And then they come back home to end the season with Carolina. And as you said, uh, of the remaining uh, eight games, uh, basically only one winning uh, season right now, and that's the Eagles who are undefeated. And uh, the Saints, if they can get their act together, there's still hope. Of course, the one who wins this division, I think, uh, probably have nine wins, maybe the most uh, in that regard, because all of them, I don't think anybody has anybody got, yeah, I think Tampa picked up their fourth win yeah. uh, over the weekend. Beat uh, the Rams. That's right. And so they're four and five. I think Atlanta has four wins. Uh, the Saints are three and six, along with uh, uh, Carolina, I think, is two and six. In that regard, so um, there, there's optimism. Pittsburgh's two and six right now, and uh, they've got a new quarterback, Kenny Pickett. They've been playing; uh, he's taking over the quarterback slot for them. So uh, the Saints, and would you believe this? The Saints are a two and a half point pick as of this morning up in Pittsburgh uh, uh, against the Steelers this uh, weekend. Uh, cloudy with a high of 39 degrees, and uh, it's going to be cold here. Oh, oh, yeah, it should be cold, a lot colder than what it has been the last few days. And uh, there's a chance of about a third chance of uh, precipitation uh, 
up in that uh, area. So don't know if that's going to be rain or snow uh, in that regard or sleet at 39 degrees. Um, so we'll see. Of course, it's uh, on Fox, and it'll be a uh, 12 o'clock kickoff uh, this coming Sunday. Anyway, we'll see what the Saints have in store. want to remind folks, too, we're going to have on Coach uh, Terry Martin at the 8 o'clock hour to talk about his Lowerville Tigers, and uh, they made the state playoffs and uh, non-select, and we'll see who uh, they would uh, be playing in that regard, have him talk a little bit about that and some of his game last week. Elsewhere, uh, I have a new coach with the Indianapolis coach, too, is Jeff Saturday has taken over the team as they fired Frank Wright uh, I think, was it yesterday, a day yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. Let him go, and I uh, guess Ursay just felt that uh, they wanted to change the scenery. Of course, they've had their issues, too, uh, after picking up Matty Ryan. I mean, it's two consecutive years where they make bad decisions about quarterbacks, and, you know, I've talked about this all year. All the people who screamed about Jameis Winston, uh, there's a whole lot of quarterback uh, deficiency in the league right now, and you know, again, trying to find that uh, one person who can make something happen. Seattle uh, fell into Geno Smith somehow, but uh, you wouldn't have gone in saying, yeah, Geno Smith. <laughs> uh, Seattle fans were not sitting there saying, yes, we got Geno Smith. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, quarterback discontent right now, and, and you know, that's the problem oh, with sure. the Colts, uh, and it has been. Jim Irsay, uh can blame himself. Uh, look in the mirror. Boy, you're not kidding, but who would have thought Geno Smith would have the Seahawks where they are right no, now? No, absolutely. And not I. Not, and after the Saints, you know, he looked pretty good against the Saints offensively as they scored, put up 32 points in the Saints earlier in the year, and the Saints uh, probably having one of their best offensive games of the year, put up 39 against the Seattle defense. And uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, Geno Smith has just run up some numbers, and I don't know if he would be a case for the comeback player of the year or maybe even the MVP, but, of course, the way uh, uh, the quarterback in Philadelphia is playing right now hurts. Uh, it's going to be hard to uh, overshadow him, especially if the Eagles keep winning the way they are. But uh, Geno Smith, who would have thunk it? And who would have thought that Falcons, a lot of people thought they'd be last in the league this year. Uh, in again, Marcus Mariota, nobody uh, thought. That's right. And, again, they've still only won four games. They're still uh, under 500. Uh, so, uh, and, and again, they're playing in a division of mediocrity, and that's probably helped them get a win or two. Yeah, in the meantime, Tampa Bay and Atlanta are tied for the division lead at 4-5 and five right now. And, of course, the Saints 3-6, and six, Carolina 2-7. and seven. Of course, the Saints play all three of them in uh, the end of the season or the back end of the schedule. So, uh, possibly they get things back together. That could be three wins. And uh, still got to play, like I said, San Francisco, the Rams, also uh, have to play in that regard, Philadelphia, and uh, and some of the AFC teams uh, they still have left on their schedule. Thank goodness we don't play Buffalo, Kansas City, or anybody of that nature. So uh, Saints uh, got to get their act together. I'm not sure with Dennis Allen. I didn't stay up to listen to his uh, thoughts of the the game afterwards, and I don't know what he's saying. Uh, you know, when he was with Oakland uh, oh, eight, nine, ten years ago, uh, he didn't have a whole lot of success there either, too, as uh, after two and a half, almost three years, they uh, decided he wasn't what they needed. So I'm wondering if that might happen with the Saints, too, if they can't write the shit. And, and do we have a quarterback controversy? True. Uh, That's and, right. And I know, unfortunately, the fans will call for Taysom Hill. Yes. Uh, rather than Jameis Winston, the obvious choice, but uh, you we'll know, see. The Saints had a shot. At, uh, we'll see what Kenny Pickett will do against the Saints this weekend. The Saints uh, had a shot at drafting him instead of the big offensive lineman. Uh, but Olave, uh, I think he's here to stay. Uh, Smith has been a disappointment uh, along with uh, um, uh, number one. I'm, his name escapes me right now, but uh, – he, uh, the Saints, uh, there was thought that maybe Jarvis Landry would be back, but Bob Rose told us uh, he didn't think he'd even be dressed out, and I think he was right in that regard. Uh, as the Saints are looking to get some of their injured uh, back, and then the linebacker went down last night, 20, uh, went down, the Ohio State kid uh, went down. Uh, don't know the seriousness of his uh, injury, but he did come off the field, and I don't believe he returned. Uh, Ellis uh, took his place. 55 for the Saints. So uh, injuries continuing to mount in the Saints' direction. So uh, it's something to look at and see what's going to take place. So 
lot to think about. Uh, of course, <laughs> you look again, they're only a game out of first place. <laughs> it's just amazing at three and six. So uh, not sure uh, they can get it together. But they've got eight games to kind of change things around with teams, as you say, are all under 500 except for the one team, the Eagles. So we'll see what takes place. Don't know if you have anything else breaking uh, thought process in that regard. Not in not in uh, the situation with the Saints. Um, I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting headlines out there uh, yeah. in the world. Vanderbilt uh, defensive back coach Dan Jackson taking a step back after a post defending Kanye West. Lane Kiffin says talk of Alabama's dynasty being over gives Nick Saban uh, Fuel for uh, being uh, the GOAT. Uh, Cowboys' Mike McCarthy talks. Lambeau returns, says firing as Packers head coach left uh, a bit of a dent. Um, We haven't talked about it. I didn't realize it was happening until I saw it yesterday. Major League Baseball's first-ever draft lottery is going to take place. A lot of changes going on. And uh, quickly, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. The Colts shocked the NFL world Monday by firing head coach Frank Wright and replacing him with ESP analyst uh, Jeff Saturday. And uh, Saturday has never coached in the NFL or even in college, which is unprecedented. His only experience was at uh, Hebron Christian Academy in Georgia, where he went 20-16 and from 2017 to 2020. Saturday will coach under the interim tag starting uh, Sunday against the Raiders, who he said look horrible in a recent tweet. Meanwhile, uh, Saturday was the Colts offensive lineman, a center, I want to say. He was the center, yeah. Yeah, in the franchise ring of honor. He also served as a consultant for the team. And uh, Colts owner Jim Irsay vigorously defended hiring on Monday night, saying Saturday is fully experienced and fully capable. Uh, Of course, what comes into play, too, Jeff, a lot of people don't realize is the Rooney rule which mandates that teams interview at least two external minority candidates and doesn't apply to an interim head coach. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. interim's not a factor. Right. You don't but, have enough time. Yeah, to... but during the season, it does apply once the season concludes. So uh, the Colts will have to fulfill the rule before hiring a full-time coach uh, this offseason. Ursay didn't hide his preference that things work out with Saturday. Uh, of course, this is uh, for eight games, hopefully more. So, uh, anyway, just some... He, very well-respected guy. Yeah. And, and, again, having been an analyst for the last uh, four or five years, uh, you know, I, I I will say this. it Of all the people who you would hire without any experience, that's not a bad one. No, no. He uh, got a lot of class about him, too, and yeah. uh, pretty... Uh, Pretty wise guy, if you'd listen to him on some of his analysis, uh, an offensive lineman. Uh, but uh, it should be interesting. Just quickly before we go to our break, I noticed well, – He'll have the respect of the locker room. Yeah. Oh, you're right about that. But I'm, I'm trying to think how long is he – did he retire a year or two after uh, Peyton or about that time? I'm trying to recall – well, if, Peyton had gone to Denver. Yeah, that's right. But, so, but uh, yeah, he was still there. Um, I want to say he's been out about five years, six years yeah, now. Yeah, that's well. If he coached in 2017 at Hebron Academy, yeah. So that would be five plus years right there. Yeah, yeah so, you're right. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I just noticed uh, that I was just scanning through that, uh, and, and played his last year with Green Bay. That, you're right. Yeah. Eight new Which Hall- shocked me that he <laughs> would leave. But. Yeah, eight new Hall of Fame eligible players. Uh, the contemporary baseball era Hall of Fame ballots are out. And uh, here are some notable names on it. Uh, Barry Bonds, Albert Bell, Roger Clements, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, Rafael Palmaro, Kirk Schilling. So uh, uh, some of those guys have been on the ballot for a few years now. And uh, it, Well, uh, they're off the the. the first ballot and this is a different ballot uh, that is set up after you've been eligible for 10 or 15 years i forget which it is yeah i think it's 15 years yeah, yeah. that's what i thought too but for uh, bonds and clemens uh, must be their first year on uh, the the next ballot so yeah th- this is sort of uh, round two uh, options and yeah i'm Almost surprised Dale Murphy's still on that one yeah. uh, because he's been gone for a long time. Oh, but Dale, gone, yeah. D- Dale uh, had some long-suffering years with the Braves, and I think if he had played with another team, 
um, putting up uh, the numbers he did, he would have been better recognized. Yeah, one of the few Major League Baseball players in the National League that won back-to-back MVPs, too, along with Ernie Banks, Mike Schmidt, and Murphy, and I believe there was one of them. I'm trying to remember who it might have been, but uh, maybe Joe Morgan might have won back-to-back MVPs back in with the Big Red Machine. Uh, but, uh, you know, each member can vote up to three players uh, with 75%, uh, 12 out of 16 of the vote required for election. And as I mentioned, the names uh, just moments ago, and uh, and <laughs> they're saying it's like a jury. The more intimate <laughs> siding is uh, right for picking. So uh, we'll see if some of these guys can finally make it. Of course, the big problem being uh, in the steroid era, I don't know how much uh, a lot of these uh, writers and also people who have Hall of Fame votes would consider. Well, I think it's a different pool of voters. It is, but uh, you still wonder... Yeah, I think it's the Baseball Writers of America uh, who are doing with the veterans. I think it's called the Veterans Committee. And uh, with these guys, who knows how they'll feel uh, with these guys being eligible. You know, the steroid era, a lot of stain on some of these guys, whether they took them or they denied taking them uh, uh, remains to be seen. But in the meantime, we'll see what shakes down in, uh, in Major League Baseball with the Hall of Fame ballot in that regard. Don't know if you have anything lately, but uh, maybe time for a break. Okay. Go ahead. The players were previously considered by the Baseball Writers Association for election, but none was named on at least the 16-member Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee will cast their ballots December 4th, and any of these eight players who are named on at least 75% or 12 of those ballots would join the upcoming Hall of Fame. So it's a different pool of it voters. Is, it is. And if it is contemporary uh, players, they may have a little empathy for the steroid era, it's, having perhaps played in it or been a part of it. I'd like to know who those 16 voters are. That'd be interesting, would it be? Yeah. Anyway, who they may be. Uh, it seemed like years ago Bob Feller was on that uh, committee for a while, too, if my memory serves me correctly. But in the meantime, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break of the morning. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio here on a big uh, November the 8th. Uh, we'll be back with more right after this. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Kane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Kane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board-certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy-guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this big Tuesday morning, November the 8th. And, folks, don't forget to go vote today if you have an absentee vote. Uh, polls are open uh, at 6 o'clock this morning, and they'll be closing around 8 o'clock p.m. So not, not around, at 8 p.m. Make that, sure you're yeah, in line by 8. Right. They will have someone there to cut it off come 8 o'clock, so make sure your clocks are out right. You know, Jeff, last night uh, was uh, some of the openings of college basketball. We hadn't talked much about that at all, but there'll be some uh, different changes. Of course, uh, Coach K no longer with uh, Duke, and uh, John Shearer would be their new coach for them. And then Villanova with Jay Wright is no longer on the sideline for them. Uh, it's been over almost 8,000 days since uh, Villanova played a game, and Jay Wright wasn't the coach. And same thing with Coach K. you got to go back into the 80s, uh, mid to early 80s, when Coach K wasn't there to coach the Dukies. So uh, college uh, basketball is here, and uh, I know a lot of people uh, look forward to that. But, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Or maybe it was outside the, the – uh, uh, on air but uh, mattress mac uh, you know this guy <laughs> this guy uh i want to say his name is uh, uh jim mac mac Ingelvale, who owns a uh, a big uh mattress store and he placed early in the year i think it was before even uh the season got underway he bet uh, a bunch of money i i don't know if it was ten thousand dollars or ten million dollars i think it was ten thousand dollars he he bet on the Astros winning the World Series this year. Well, he's a Houston area furniture store owner. He's 71 years old. He, he's, he placed $10 million worth of bets in May on the Astros to win the World Series. But he also, uh, his average odds were plus 750. And when they won game six on Saturday, he got his $10 million back plus $75 million in winnings. And this wasn't the first time he's done this. He's also worth roughly $300 million to made news for a giant wager. But he's also won big on the Astros before. And Kansas netted him $15 million this past March when they won the championship. And the Astros bet was hedged against a mattress promotion that began this summer, offering customers a full refund if the Astros won the World Series. And four days before game one, McElvale cut off the promotion after hitting $74 million in sales. All of that was refunded when Houston won its second title uh, this past Saturday night. And in the end, when you add up all the refunds, credit card fees, staff commissions, other expenses, he more or less broke even. So, uh, <laughs> Which was almost the goal. I think you're right about that. So uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, the Phillies win would have been significantly better for him uh, for McElvale financially as he would have lost the 10 million wager but kept the 74 million <laughs> in sales so anyway uh, but to him that was never the point he stated it's not about winning money or marketing or selling furniture about making these people smile and proud of their home time he said so uh, this has been a good guy uh, yeah in the Houston area through all the storms the floods the issues that they've had he's opened up uh, those mattresses to people uh, using them as uh, temporary shelters uh, he even threw out the first pitch on saturday night yeah i think i he did, did not know that until just a second ago yeah and uh, of course houston had their big uh, parade uh, a crowd of estimated one million fans descended on downtown houston monday to celebrate the astros world series title I wonder if my uh, nephew and uh, sister were there. <laughs> there was a nice crowd uh, in at least in one area. I saw lesser crowds in some, but really nobody should throw a parade uh, without consulting New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, come on, it was like one float. You know? Oh, really? With all the thirty-something Astros instead on it? of like uh, you know uh, different vehicles holding four or five, maybe an executive or two uh, with a four or five players on multiple floats. I saw one vehicle. Really? That's it. This really? one, like a fire truck looking thing. Well, and that was painted uh, for the Astros. Uh, and that's all I saw. I, I could have missed something. I, I don't doubt the possibility I missed something. But uh, the ESPN uh, highlight I saw suggested just the one. Oh, wow. Didn't realize that. Also, uh, with the Astros, uh, you know, if you want to throw a parade or a party, you talk to the New Orleans Police Department. They throw free one free, uh, well, two weeks of free parties uh, every year. Mm. And, uh, you know, you have your basically your malcontents at every once in a while. But on the whole, 
it's pretty much uh, a, a good time for all in New Orleans, whether it be family or individuals. Uh, just amazing how they can control those crowds. I know other police departments come and, and look how the New Orleans police handle everything, and it's just amazing uh, with that going on in New Orleans for two weeks. So uh, a lot of fun there. Anyway, uh, just some uh, other just sidebars uh, here. Uh, Anyway, uh, one clutch uh, leg, uh, Dicker the kicker, and that's right, uh, Cameron Dicker has played in two NFL games in his career, and one with the Chargers and one with the Eagles, and he's kicked the game-winning field goal in both <laughs> for that young guy. So, uh, it's Sunday, it was a 37-yard field goal as time expired uh, to beat the Falcons as the Chargers won 20-17 to in Week 5 on October 9th. He kicked a 23-yard field goal with 145 left to give the Eagles a 20-17 win over the Cardinals. So he's played two games with two different teams, and he's kicked a game-winning field goal. Curious what chased him from the Philly, uh, Philadelphia. No idea, but on to the story, the big picture. He was an undrafted rookie out of Texas. Is a perfect 4-for-4 four four on field goals and extra points, and now has scored 16 of his team's 40 points in only the two games he's ever played in, which isn't bad. But uh, just uh, just amazing that uh, I'm not sure why the Phillies, maybe their kicker might have been hurt. I'm not sure about that. But uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen in that regard with him and all. Also, want to remind folks, uh, Thursday night, the Cajuns tee it up. Uh, in a big football game is, uh, I believe they journeyed. Oh, you're looking past Northern Illinois tomorrow night. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, they slid by game. me there. Huge game. My, uh, they're, yeah. they're having a rough season, man. They, uh, they, despite competing against two SEC schools, Vanderbilt and Kentucky in back-to-back weeks where they competed against those two teams, all right. they looked miserable in their own conference. Oh, wow. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, Western Michigan uh, – Central Michigan is the Chippewas. Western Michigan. The Broncos. The Broncos. If okay. that's still politically correct. Uh, let's see. Uh, it looks like the Broncos. That looks like the logo. It's on ESPNU if you care to watch it. Uh, it's a picket game. 49 and a half is the over and under. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, uh, the Huskies are averaging 30 points a game. Meanwhile, the uh, Broncos come in averaging a little less than 20. So uh, if they here, adhere to their uh, scoring capabilities, uh, maybe an 11-point win for the Huskies. We'll, we'll see. But uh, talking about the Cajuns, though, boy, if there's must-wins, uh, this is one of them. Oh, it is. Cajuns come in 4-5. and five. Georgia is Southern 5-4. and four. That's going to be a Cajun feel. Uh, it's also going to be on ESPNU. And the Cajuns, as of this morning, it's their three-and-a-half-point pick. They're over and under 60 and uh, the game started out at about a three-point pick. It's going up and down since then. But uh, the Cajuns look to get back on the winning track, uh, you know, after a, a tough loss last week where they held a 17 to nothing lead over Troy. And Troy comes back to score 23 consecutive points to bring down the Cajuns late in the game, uh, 23 to 17. So Coach Decimo uh, needs uh, need to get his troopers back in line again, and hopefully uh, they can – Break out on the winning note. Uh, so um, Cajuns, uh, you know, they, they have been uh, moving the ball, but the problem I see this uh, this week, uh, Georgia Southern comes in averaging 36 points a game. So the Cajuns have to score. Uh, I can't recall maybe one, possibly two games this year where the Cajuns scored over 30 points, and that's going to be important. They're averaging 25-6 a game right now, uh, and they're giving up uh, defensively. Uh, 21, which is really good. They're also uh, Georgia Southern's giving up 31. So there's a margin there, hopefully, that uh, the Cajuns can uh, score with them and uh, towards the end of the game over in Cajuns Field, outscore them to win a, even up their record at 5-5 five and five because it doesn't get any easier for them the following week. I think they journey to Tallahassee to take on Florida State, who's playing pretty good football right now. Uh, not great, but pretty good football. So uh, Coach Decimo uh, trying to uh, – uh, right to ship, so to speak, uh, coming in uh, with that record of four and five uh, and uh, playing Georgia. Would it be Southern. so bad to see a few fans out there? Yeah, in that, uh, I've heard that too, uh, that the attendance is down. And, and part of the problem is TV. Oh, it's got to be. You know, LSU obviously doesn't have that problem. Every game's on TV and every game is sold out. But uh, it's sort of a, a rarity uh, for UL to be on national television. 
And so people kind of get freaked out by that and say, let's watch it on TV because it's kind of rare to see them on national TV. Uh, but again, it's it's time to show up and uh, support that team. And you know, I think another issue... If you're an actually a Cajun fan. If you're sure. not a Cajun fan... Uh, Let's understand. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, you know, it's a good football and uh, it's exciting. But I think part of the problem is, and it's and it's and I think it's going to be, is that UL is more of a commuter school where they have probably eighteen to 20,000 undergraduates. And, you know, and those kids leave, leave the school, they go home, and not many of them come back on campus and uh, don't know what the capacity of their dormitories are with but, the, but if the they're girls commuting, and guys. they're commuting, it's not that far of a commute back to watch a game. Well, true. You well, know? if you live in – well, think about it. Uh, in the area, if you live in New Iberia, Opelousas, Crowley, Rain, uh, uh, Brobridge, uh, St. Martinville, and you go to school, do you want to drive back that – I don't know that answer. but You're just uh, staying – yeah, I just and like I said, I don't know the capacity. If they have eighteen thousand undergrads, nineteen thousand undergrads, uh, but they, I mean, they also have a lot of alumni in the area too. Oh, because oh, of that. absolutely. But you know what? At one time, and uh, this is a few years back, that they had more season tickets for LSU and Lafayette than they did UL. Yeah. Uh, that'd give you an indication of uh, some of the issues there. And so. again, it it tells you why you're not going to keep a guy like Napier around too yeah, long. That's right. You know, Napier sees a crowd of ten thousand in a forty thousand seat stadium. What's his incentive? Well, you're right. Not about to that. not to look for bigger and better things. Yeah, and, and you know he did a great job for them, putting them on the map. Uh, they were in the top twenty five most every week in the last few years. So uh, and won a few bowl games. Uh, and beat people, uh, just couldn't pull off that real, really, uh, of course they did beat um, Iowa State in that one game a couple years ago where our local Peter LeBlanc had a long touchdown catch for for, uh, uh, them, but in the meantime um, it's just uh, um, you gotta rethink it and Napier did a good job, uh, took a big salary and uh, took off to Florida and he's uh, had his issues this year too, he's only playing about 500 ball. So, anyway, we'll see how that transpires. Of course, uh, within the next uh, 15 minutes or so, we'll have head football coach Terry Martin on speaking about the Lorville Tigers. With that, we're going to go ahead and take another break. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music on Thursday, Southern Jack Productions, and Saturday, it's Cajun Roots. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern, Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has yet covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. 
purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, November the 8th. And again, I reiterate, don't forget to go vote today here at uh, your local polling stations. Uh, They're scattered all over the city and the parish, so it's important let you cash your vote. You know, Jeff, there's nothing more pitiful than you're hearing somebody complain and holler and scream about government or whatever the case may be, and they haven't voted. And they are out there. Oh, there are plenty of them. There are plenty yeah, of them. I saw, I think it was uh, the Lafayette uh, Registrar of Voters talking about early voting there and said, hey, we might get 60%, and that would be great. Yeah, it's been No, pretty- that wouldn't be great. No. 90% is great. Um, 100% is uh, what you hope for. Yeah. But uh, 60% is not great. Uh, if if you're settling for 60%, we got a problem. Yeah. And, boy, you're right about that, too. Uh in the meantime, um, uh, the high school football playoffs will be the big uh, news uh, this weekend, or I should say Friday night, as the uh, all the teams. Uh, we've got a few teams in our local area that uh, that have games uh, ready for this week. Uh, you you talked to Coach Watney last I night. Did. His uh, thoughts on uh, Lake Charles College Prep. Yeah, he, uh, he they've, they've done some study on it. They've got two or three really fine athletes on that team he mentioned, and uh, – uh, they uh, they played. Uh, he knew they played Westgate uh, in the Jamboree, and also uh, during the course of the year, uh, Jamboree game was pretty close. Of course, it's a lot shorter game, but Westgate uh, had a pretty easy time with them. But he said, uh, you know, they're the type team that uh, you turn around, they're they're going sixty yards with a score, or, or uh, they are throwing a one down the field for they can. Sc- sc- as he said, strike, strike easy, very, yeah, and that's something they have to contain and all. But his young team uh, played well the other night. Of course, uh, they've played pretty well in the last six games of the year. They've lost uh, two tough ones down the road, uh, losing uh, to Franklin the way they did with uh, special teams giving up a couple of touchdowns in the last uh, three minutes of the game and then losing a tight fight with the Lorville Tigers and always a, a, a big uh, – uh, rival game, uh, getting beat by three points, driving uh, down to about the not quite the twenty yard line, and threw a, an interception with a little under two minutes left to go in the game. So uh, uh, those are opportunities they're looking at. But one good thing I saw uh, uh, the young man uh, Bennett Boudreau kicked a forty-two yard field goal and had a little room to spare too. Not that he can compare with the kicker mm-hmm. over the Central Episcopal that young man in Peyton Woodring who hit a sixty yarder last Friday night in their final game and he's headed uh, I'm sure they're still beating on his door uh, with regards he's supposedly committed to the University of Georgia just verbal yeah just verbal yeah he hadn't put his name on the dotted line yet wait till the SEC championship game. yeah and then wait to at the meaning uh how many times you see these kids put their name on the dotted line you go well that's not really where I wanted to go and they change their minds whether the coach leaves or they get on probation whatever the case may be and uh, they go to another school I've seen that happen many times so you just never know with 18 and 19 year olds and for that matter 17 year olds so uh, but the Laurelville Tigers have a big game this weekend and uh, we'll have coach talk about that elsewhere uh, in our area too uh, trying to see trying to recall some of our area teams i know delco made the playoffs too and the white castle yeah uh, coach artelius will be on tomorrow to talk a little bit about that uh other teams in the area in that regard um I'm trying to recall. Westgate hosting bell chase yes that's right the i think it's the bell chase cardinals i don't know why i want to say that uh, i could be wrong uh, but uh, always had a pretty good football team, have some good players. Coach Antoine was talking about they have a big running back. Uh, they do a good job of moving the football. So uh, his team, uh, the defending champs, uh, moving up into another uh, classification this year, Jeff. Is, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're in Division One this year in the non-select. Again, you know, five classifications uh, were squeezed into four divisions. And so, yeah, some of the, the higher-attended uh, 4A schools are playing with the 5A schools in the postseason. And, indeed, Bell Chase is the Cardinals. Yeah. And uh, elsewhere, too, I've got to cut my eye on uh, just uh, 18, 20 miles uh, uh, west of us. I'm curious to see. 
how uh, Vermillion Catholic is going to do in the playoffs here. Well, they got to buy in the opening week. They're one of the top seeds, if not the top seed in uh, Division Four in the select schools. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do. They've come on really strong. Uh, they've done a good job. They play good defense. Come on strong. They they started strong. Yeah, yeah that mean, they did. They, they took down Catholic High that first week. I believe the score was 30 to Laurelville and Ascension Episcopal. Yeah, 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 they sure did. So uh, the only teams to score, uh, Ascension Episcopal scored 24 points on them, but people forget that maybe Catholic put up 48 against Ascension Episcopal. So, uh Anyway, it's going to be interesting high school football action. The playoffs are underway, and uh, we'll, Kane Radio will be there uh, uh, as our local teams advance. And our first game will be Catholic High versus uh, Lake Charles College Prep. That will be Friday night with airtime around 6.30 and the uh, kickoff approximately 7 o'clock in that regard. So uh, uh, look forward to a, a pretty good uh, season, Jeff. And some of our teams, you know, Westgate, uh, Lauraville, uh, have an opportunity to move forward. And then Catholic High, can, who's playing well the last uh, six games of the year, can uh, make a little noise. Of course, uh, if Catholic High uh, wins this uh, Friday night, which uh, hopefully they will, uh, they're going to face an old nemesis in the Notre Dame Pioneers in the next game. So, uh it's going to be interesting. And Notre Dame uh, a little down this year, too. I think they're 7-3, and three, not one of those 9-1, and 10-0 teams. So uh, uh, it should be uh, interesting in that regard as they'll head to Notre Dame. Uh, and, and we haven't talked about Generette. That, and, uh, yes. You yeah. know, uh, let's uh, who do they Who folks. do they play? I, I, I was just, oh, just trying scrolling. to pull up the brackets um, to, to remind myself of who – Generate is playing uh, in the first round, but hosting a first round game for the first time. They're taking on Delhi. They're the That's 15 right. seed uh, taking on the 18 seed. I guess they are the lowest seed with a home game. Uh, so, yes. No, no, there is a 16 seed with a home, home game. game. Okay. So, but Generate uh, taking on Delhi, uh, first time in a long time. Generate's had a home playoff game. Um, and, and the opportunity for a second-round playoff game because uh, those teams that have made the playoffs in large part have been because uh, too many teams were making the playoffs. That's right. Generet, uh, I, I saw them this year against Highland Baptist, and while Highland was somewhat depleted uh, in their roster at that point, uh, they, they just looked good. They looked like a fun team to watch, and uh, so, again, I just hope uh, folks go out and support those kids. Yeah, and they've got a fine running back, too. His name escapes me, but uh, he's pretty much carried the load for them this year, too. Uh, and uh, Their quarterback can sling the ball, too. And what are they, 6-4 and four this year? And yeah. I think last year, I don't think they won a game last year. Uh, if they did, it was one, no more than that. And uh, it's good to see them. Hopefully the, the town of Generate will get out and give them some support and uh, in that regard. So uh, just to high school football in the air, it's exciting to see these young people compete and, and uh, play. And uh, as I mentioned, Kane Radio will be there for most of the games. Don't know if we have uh, anything else uh, on uh, breaking or scheduled. I'm trying to recall. Uh, it's not breaking, but uh, one note of interest to me and uh, others uh, close to me, uh, Anthony Rizzo is not uh, picking up his option. He had a player option. With the Yanks? With the Yankees. He has uh, opted out of his contract. Uh, it was uh, apparently an expected move and a deal that would have paid him $16 million next season. Now he enters free agency uh, for the first time, uh, really uh, looking to secure a new deal coming off a season with 32 home runs, 75 RBIs, some injury issues that he's maybe going to have to defend. And obviously there's something in my heart that says, Cubs, bring him back. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I doubt that'll happen. Yeah, I, I think he's leaving New York uh, for the same reason uh, Aaron Judge is even debating uh, leaving New York. And a lot of players have some discontent with the fan base over there. Yeah, it can get pretty brutal up there yeah. in New York uh, with regards not only the fans but the sports writers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, these, <laughs> you know, they've never played the game, but yet they're the first one to criticize. Uh, get out there and try to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, and then all of a sudden the pitcher's going to throw you an 82-mile-an-hour changeup, you know. Anyway, uh, it's just uh, – the play of the day. So, uh, and it's natural to see these guys move. I mean, it's happened for uh, what, maybe uh, close to 45, 50 years now with uh, Andy Messersmith 
back in 76 and Catfish Hunter and Reggie Jackson and all those guys started to move from team to team. Just uh, pay me, show me the money, as Jerry Maguire would say. <laughs> show me the yeah, money. Yeah, I'd like to see some loyalty uh, to one, a fan base, and to uh, an ownership group that takes care of you. But at, too often at the end of the day, it's uh, it's about the Samoans. Yeah, oh, it is. And um, you can't blame them. You know, I mean, it's an opportunity to make plenty of money. And uh, just one big, huge contract. And, and how, I don't know how much in baseball it's guaranteed but uh just about all of it yeah but it's still uh, you know one nice uh, year payday and you can pretty much put money away uh, for the rest of your life yeah uh, apart from options if it's a team option uh, but then again uh, you you know what you're signing Uh, but for the most part uh, it's all guaranteed money yeah and uh, baseball players who i think have the strongest union period in sports and uh, they they take care of their own. And uh, a baseball player that plays ten full years, your ball, your your pension is pretty hefty too, and healthy, as I say. Anyway, uh, Jeff, let's see about getting yes. Coach Sherry Martin on the line. You're listening to Kane Radio Bayou Sports. We'll be back with Coach Martin right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music on Thursday, Southern Jack Productions, and Saturday, it's Cajun Roots. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern, Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 as we're getting Coach uh, Martin on the line for us. Anyway, uh, they've got a big game. Uh, they're going to host a, a home playoff game. Uh, I'm trying to just look up quickly the uh, – the, op- uh, the opponent they have in Division, uh, or I should say Division Two uh, non-select, as I'm going through uh, uh, Division Three, excuse me, uh, uh, Lorville takes on Vidalia. Both teams have come in six and four in that regard, uh, trying to pull up Vidalia, maybe uh, who they have played uh, so far this year. But uh, that game is going to take place at uh, Lorville High School Tiger Stadium uh, approximately 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll, and as I mentioned, we get Coach on the Actually, line. you know what? Uh, I did a major faux pas. Okay. 
I forgot no school today. Oh, that's that is correct. And Coach Martin and I talked about this Saturday, and I completely forgot about it. He was going to be with his team at eight o'clock, and I was going to oh, say, okay. "I'll talk to Tony, and we'll set it up for seven thirty. Okay. And I completely forgot about it. So okay. uh, when I called, I went to voicemail, and uh, uh, well. then then it dawned on me uh, what light, the light about. bulb went off so uh, perhaps we'll have a chance to check in with him uh, perhaps on thursday yeah we could kind of tight tomorrow but, sure uh perhaps uh, thursday i'll check you in with him and we'll see if we can't uh, arrange for something maybe on thursday but All right. my mistake okay no doubt uh, about it. Uh, appreciate coach martin he was more than willing to adjust his schedule and i completely forgot Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, Vidalia High School, uh, uh, we have them. Let's see. I'm just uh, going to pull up something I found uh, quickly in that regard, their football schedule, to see who they may have played. They were 6-4 and four this year. Uh, they, uh, let's see, uh, I might have the wrong uh, Vidalia High School. You know, Vidalia, yeah, I do. Vidalia, Georgia, I don't think that's who they're playing uh, in that regard. Uh, so uh, here's uh, here's Vidalia, another football schedule. There's uh, six and four. Also uh, Sicily Island, they opened up against. Uh, then Cedar Creek, that's a private school up in Ruston, uh, Block. That's a school up in Jonesville, Buckeye, Faraday, which usually has a pretty good football team. Mangum, Rayville, uh, General Tross, Madison. That's in Tallulah and Oak Grove, which usually has fine football teams up there. Uh, in that regard, uh, of course, their last game, Oak Grove uh, beat them by a score of 49-12. to 12. That was a home district game for, uh, for Vidalia. Before that, Madison, that's up in Tallulah, uh, they won 36-6. to 6. Uh, They lost to General Trask, that's in Lake Providence. I guess that's East Carroll Parish, 58-22. to 22. Rayville, they beat 26-6. to 6. Mangum, uh, they lost to 52-6. to 6. They give up some points, it looks like, Jeff. So, uh, Coach uh, Morton, uh, his team can score, maybe outscore them or just play better defense. Uh, Faraday, they lost 28-24. Buckeye, they won 32-12. to 12. Uh, it was a non-district game in block out of Jonesville. They won 62-20. to 20. So, uh, they can score points, but they also give up points. So, uh, that's something I'm sure Coach will look at and see how that compares for his team against the Vidalia uh, I want to say onions. Onions, yeah, that's a <laughs> that would oh, be blossoms. Uh, yeah. Blossoms. Uh, not seeing who they're. Uh, let's see. Let me go to the home uh, portion here and the Vikings. The Vidalia Vikings, the VVs. Uh, you got got to like the alliteration yeah, there. That's right, the VVs in that regard. So. Uh, Basically, um, did see them where they were ranked maybe during the course of the year. Uh, looks like they have a senior running back named Jay Moody, who's averaging about 64 yards a game. Uh, uh, S. Hayes, the quarterback, also plays some free safety. He's got 12 total touchdowns this year. Uh, they've got a linebacker named Davis that averages about 11 tackles a game. Sacks, uh, Brixey is averaging, uh, I don't think, three sacks a game. He probably has three on the year. And Hayes, also the quarterback, who plays a little free safety. He's got two interceptions. So uh, that's basically some information with regards to uh, the uh, team. So uh, anyway, uh, Hayes, the quarterback, is thrown for 2,000 yards or so this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. And uh, uh, total tackles. Uh, Davis has 111, while uh, Devin Jackson, another linebacker, has uh, 97. So uh, uh, pretty interesting stats for him in that regard. Uh, Any quarterback throw for over 2,000 yards in a high school season, uh, they might be putting up the ball a lot. And as I mentioned, don't know his – I didn't see anything on interceptions uh, or his uh, percentage of completions. But uh, a good opponent for the Lorville Tigers, but – in Tiger Stadium, where the crowd's going to be 100% behind the, behind the Tigers. And Vidalia, I guess it's about a two-and-a-half uh, to three-hour drive uh, to get to Lauraville. Uh, coming down, uh, I don't know if they come down 61 airline or maybe head to Pineville area and get on uh, 49. So, not sure. But Vidalia's up there uh, near Tallulah and Newelton and uh, St. John. I think in I want to say ten, uh, Tinsall Parish, but I could be incorrect. Anyway. Oh, but mo- moving from that area down here is a lot easier now that they've uh, opened up. Uh, is it 165? It's yes. four lane all the way now. That's true. It's a, it's a lot better trip. Yeah. Years ago, when you went up to uh, 
that then uh, UL Columbia, Monroe. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember that. School. Up in Monroe, yeah. yeah, Columbia, even Mangum. I've done a game up in Mangum, and you got to want to go there. Yeah. You know, enough, again, nothing gets the folks from Mangum, but it's just way up in North Louisiana and two lane highways. And uh, to get there, uh, it takes a little time. So a lot of those little schools up there in North Louisiana, and believe it or not, they have a lot of good football players up there, and La Tech is a good indication over the years how well a football. And LSU back in the 50s and 60s used to get a lot of kids from up in North Louisiana that come to Baton Rouge to play football and uh, still do the big-time recruits, but they got a lot of good football players up in North Louisiana. So always have. You just don't hear about them a lot because we're down here uh, kind of uh, uh, segregated from all their news up there on their high school football. In the meantime, uh, Jeff, I don't know if uh, anything else uh, out there. We can give our little sports history of the day. Anyway, sports history of the day here on a big uh, Tuesday, November the 8th. In 1920, baseball uh, had a big meeting to dispose of Ban Johnson. You say, well, who's Ban Johnson? Ban Johnson's the guy that literally put together the American League at the turn of the 20th century in 1900. And uh, he just got into it with Kennesaw Mountain Landis. And Kennesaw Mountain Landis says, I'm the commissioner. I control both the American and the National League. And if you don't like it, you're out. And they voted him out. So Ban Johnson uh, was run. I think he owned uh, part of the Cleveland team at the time. In 1951, Yankee catcher Yogi Berra wins the first of his three MVP awards. Yogi, along with uh, uh, Roy Campanella, I think, were the three catchers that uh, have won three MVP awards in the course of Major League Baseball. Also on this date in 61, Whitey Ford is voted the Cy Young Award winner over Warren Spahn, who had a great year with the Braves. In 1966, Frank Robinson with the Baltimore Orioles, the outfielder, was selected the AL MVP, and he's the first player to win the MVP in both leagues. In 66, he also won the Triple Crown that year, too, yeah, for the Orioles. 66, he wins at 67. Uh, Yastrzemski, yeah. and you think, well, that's not that unusual. Billy Williams almost won it in 72. Two, he was just a home run or two away from uh, Johnny Bench, okay, and maybe an RBI uh, as well. Won the batting crown, and you just thought it was going to be something that you'd see more regularly. Then it didn't happen until what about five years ago when uh, yeah. Detroit uh, Cabrera Cabrera it. won it. That's right. But you're ready for this? In the National League, hadn't been won since 1937 mm. when Joe Ducky Medwick won it for the Cardinals that year. And I think he, uh, he might have tied for the home run lead, but he did win the Triple Crown that year. Elsewhere on this date, in 1966, President Lyndon Johnson signs the antitrust immunity to let the merger of the AFL and the NFL take place. And, of course, uh, the owners had got together in June of 66 and worked out uh, the plans to merge these two leagues, which would take place approximately three or four years later. But Lyndon Johnson signs that antitrust immunity to set it off. Elsewhere on this date, 1970, boy, big day down in New Orleans. As a uh, half-foot man kicks a 63-yard field goal to win a big ball game for the Saints by the score of 19 to 16, uh, 17. And uh, I think you'll find about a half million people will tell you they were at the game that day at Tulane Stadium. I can remember studying for a uh, French exam in college, and the dorm literally shook that day when he made that field goal. Elsewhere in 1981, the Miami Dolphins head coach Don Shula collected his 200 career victory of course he goes on to set the all-time record i think at what 347 i do believe when he passed up papa bear and when he ended up with in 1989 cubs jerome walton wins the nl rookie of the year and uh, jeff uh, whatever happened to J- uh, jerome walton you know he kicked around the league for a little while uh, he and dwight smith either of those two guys could have been rookies of the year and they they had a guy named uh well, the catcher, that Damon Berryhill, yes. too. I mean, they had a spectacular rookie uh, group uh, with them. Joe Girardi may have been a rookie that year, too, if not a rookie. Very young Joe Girardi on that 89 team that won a division. But uh, Dwight Smith, I think, uh, had a better career uh, than Jerome Walton, but Walton did win the rookie of the year that year. But yeah, faded out after five or six years. Anyway, in the meantime, in this date, 1990, Daryl Strawberry signs a five-year contract with the Dodgers and played pretty good baseball for him, but uh, the Dodgers just uh, couldn't get back to the series after winning it in 88. 
Elsewhere, 1994 on this date, Joe Dumars of Natchitoches, Louisiana, in the form of Magnese Cowboy with the Detroit Pistons, tied uh, Brian Shaw's NBA record for the most three-pointers in a game when he made 10 out of his 18 shots. Uh, Joe Dumars, fine player, too. I remember the Nish played them in the state playoffs, and they just barely got by uh, – uh, the team, I think, Central out of uh, Natchitoches for going on to play in the state finals uh, that year. Uh, meanwhile, in 1997, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays named their first Mary, uh, manager, Larry Rothschild. Don't know how long Rothschild lasted around, but a uh, pretty uh, famous name. Got a lot of cash behind the Rothschild family in that regard. And in 2008, uh, the 18th College Holy War, that's when Boston College takes on Notre Dame uh, wherever they play in Chestnut Hill or South Bend. Well, Boston College beat the Fighting Irish that day 17 to nothing in 2008. Birthdays today, uh, a pretty big one. I'm born on this date, 1929. Head football coach of the Seminoles, Bobby Bowden, was born on this date in 1929. Of course, Bobby passed away, I think, last year uh, in 2021. Uh, he was born in Birmingham, Alabama, won a couple of national championships with the Florida State Seminoles in 93 and again in 99. Uh, Bobby Bowden, born on this day uh, back in 29. Elsewhere, the quote of the day, and this is kind of the end of the baseball season, so I wanted to throw one more baseball quote at you, and this comes from uh, the scooter, Phil Rizzuto, who was a former Yankee shortstop broadcaster, Hall of Famer. And when he asked, you know, if somebody saw him doing, the, you know, he was doing the scoring book during the course of the game. And on one particular player, he had W.W. And somebody goes, I mean, uh, uh, Phil, what's W.W.? He said, well, as I, I wasn't watching the, the game. And, and so I just put down W.W. Wasn't watching the head bat. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You think he turned to somebody and go, what happened on that particular play? I missed it, you know. Anyway, but uh, he didn't do it. And uh, it's just interesting. Jeff, you know, last night, I didn't mention it too in the game. I wasn't able to do it. But, you know, they said Sean Payton was on the uh, Manning cast. Yeah, the Manning cast, and I didn't see it last night. And they said he was talking a little bit about some rumors. I don't know if you've maybe seen anything with that regard with Sean Payton. Of course, he retired last year and spent his time some with Fox and all, and oh, seemingly happy, they say, with his broadcasting He, he said he is enjoying his uh, Fox um, moments right now. Uh, he talked a little bit about Jeff Saturday and, um, you know, the – obvious rumors they asked him specifically where he thinks he's going to coach next year and he said something to the effect well i'm kind of liking the fox thing uh enjoying watching all yeah. the different games yeah. and, and i'm, I'm sure, getting my fix there yeah and i'm sure he's paid handsomely too he he in a quote here he stated i think there are a lot of dysfunctional teams in our league there are some places where talent can die i just want to avoid those places <laughs> so that's a statement right there uh in his regard so you know peyton went 152 and 89 with uh, new orleans he had a, a few seven and nine seasons but other than that it was was nothing anything worse than that if my memory recalls so uh he was always seems to be about in the 16 game season you know anywhere from 10 to 12 sometimes 13 wins uh even the year they won the super bowl uh they only won uh, 13 games in the regular season of course they started off 13 and 0 until the cowboys beat them in the dome that night and then again tampa bay and carolina in the last uh two games so uh in the meantime sean payton enjoyed his life he got married i believe uh was it last summer he got married and uh, again? And uh, I'm sure he enjoying his free time with his wife and possibly his two children, who I think live in the Dallas area, too, if my memory serves me correctly. I know that's where he was when he was exiled for that year. Yeah, I think he so, coached his son's uh, peewee yeah. team in football or something that year. So anyway, Sean Payton in the news again. Again, uh, that's pretty much uh, today in sports history, November the 8th. I want to remind folks again to please get out and go vote. Uh, it's important for you to cast your ballot. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, I just hate to hear those people complain about government arts and ends with the city or this or that, and they don't go vote. That, that, that's the worst. Anyway, don't forget to go vote today. Uh, the polls are open till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Absolutely. So another... Uh 11 hours, 41 minutes, 10 seconds. Uh, get on out there and uh, take advantage of the opportunity if you haven't already cast an early vote or an absentee ballot. Uh, 19 minutes after, big thanks to our sponsors. Our show brought to us in part by uh, the Quarter Tavern. Also want to thank 
Kane Row Golf and Turf Club, Swing Insurance, Headache and Pain Center, L.A. Classic Roofing, and Jake Landry, candidate for state rep, District 49. But again, that election is not today. It is next fall. Uh, But again, appreciate his early support of Bayou Sports.